Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of After Amen Podcast. We are excited this week. We've got a little bit of a special episode for you. Um, We actually originally intended on making this a bonus episode, but the opportunity presented itself for us to make it one of our regular scheduled episodes because we have actually had a really crazy week (laughs) this week. Very, very busy. Yeah, so... Um, good things, all ministry related and, and awesome things that God's doing, but um, definitely wanted to uh, bring y'all something unique to the table, so we hope you enjoy it. This is actually a teaching that I did um, a couple Wednesday nights ago with our pastor um, in our discipleship class, so we hope you enjoy. You may be joining us, uh, maybe you're part of another church, but uh, you, you need some midweek connection because of your, your work situation. Thank you. There's that camera over there. That is, I got the point. So it's the, if, if you need to address the camera, the lady back there looks like she's the air traffic controller is pointing toward the camera. Amen. You reminded me of the person that shows the people into, into the gate at the airport. That's pretty cool, Cap. So thank you. But tonight, we're, we're actually in the ninth teaching of this what we're calling the Jesus pattern. The Jesus pattern. And remember now, as we flow in this teaching, we want to be continually mindful. This is said in every one of these teachings. But I must be redundant because people learn by repetitive hearing. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, and hearing truth again and again and again. We want to continually be mindful that this teaching is for discipleship training, to develop us individually, personally, to become solid as believers and to find after we become solid as believers, and we'll continue to keep on becoming solid as believers, but to find our serving role within the body of Christ. I don't want you serving until you begin to grow as a disciple. We're not that desperate. Amen. I'm serious. We care more about you than what you can do. That's, that is from the bottom of my heart. There's one guy who came here one time. He said he'd been called to ministry and he'd gone through a bad time in his life and he'd walked away from ministry and he came and got restored. Um, and this was back in the second set of buildings that we were in. And I said, look, man, I want you to know that I just want you to get whole. I want you to receive God's strength. And I said, I won't never ask you to do anything. Or ask you to serve at all till you believe you're ready. And I said, because I know if you get when you get healthy at some point, you're going to want to serve. Because healthy people in Christ want to serve. Because Jesus is a servant. And if our Lord is a servant, then we want to be like him. And uh, about six months went by, he came up to me. He said, you meant it, didn't you? I said, what? He said, he said I, fi- I figured there might be a need. I said, let me tell you something, man. I said, I, I don't need anybody in a position that's going to cause me headaches because they're not whole yet. But when people grow, then they get made whole. It worked for me, and it's that way for everybody. So we also want to remember that not only are we growing as disciples, but also to keep us aware always that we must be outreached and soul-winning minded toward the unsaved and the unchurched, soul winning conscious. You can't grow as a church if you're not evangelistic. You can't grow as a church if you're only evangelistic. You won't keep people if you don't grow them up. I heard Ron Carpenter say something a couple of days ago. He said, I'm concerned about the church and that we're using all of our services to get people saved. And many churches are no longer discipling new Christians. And so... New, uh, excuse me, because the church isn't being discipled, it's not winning souls in the marketplace. And so all the time is taken when they gather to get people saved and people are staying very immature in their faith as a result of that. So we must have both. Everyone say both. Now, Tanya, if you will, welcome, Tanya. Love you. Appreciate you. If, you, if you've not been part of After Amen podcast, it is a discipleship tool that I have endorsed from the beginning. She, these, these kids, she and, and that don't feel good to be called a kid because to me you are. You're one of my kids, my spiritual daughters. And 
came to me and said, could, could, would, would, what do you think about this? And they told me what they shared. God had, had it placed in their heart. What they, they shared it with me. I said, absolutely. After Amen is a tremendous podcast, and you will be greatly blessed. People are listening to it from all over the place. Josh, Josh is over there. I fix to say, Josh is going to hell. He's left. No, he's not going to hell. He's gone to work with children. Hallelujah. He's married and working with children. And they're click kids. But Jamie told me that they listened to the podcast in Ohio. A number of people did after Amen podcast. And because he did a podcast with them sometime back. And they were so blessed by it that they keep on listening to it. So the impact is great. I want you to read our, our, pass, our, our text passage, Tanya. Let's get, let's get into this tonight. Yeah, okay. This is the New King James Version. We are in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. You know, Tanya, right before we go into that... uh the the first point tonight. I want to read it from the Passion Translation as well because you can't hear the word too much. Verse 5 through 8, Matthew 6, whenever you pray, and everyone say, and when you pray. All right. Whenever you pray, be sincere and not like the pretenders who love the attention they receive while praying before others in the meetings, <clears throat> excuse me, and on the street corners. Believe me, they've already received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your innermost chamber and be alone with Father God. Pray to Him in secret. And your Father who sees all you do will reward you openly. When you pray, there's no need to repeat empty phrases praying like the Gentiles do. For they expect God to hear them because of their many words. There is no need to imitate them. Since your father already knows what you need before you ask. And I want to say this right as Tanya begins to move on the very first point of this teaching. You've got to understand that it is not wrong for people to hear you pray. Matter of fact, it's good for people to hear you pray. Right. But it is wrong to do things to impress people, mm -hmm. to make you look better, to make you feel better about you. Right. Because that's a trick of the enemy. And Jesus addresses the problem in this situation before He addresses the blessing. Most of the time, Jesus addresses the positives and then deals with the negative. In this message, in this teaching, He addresses the problem and then He brings the solution. Go ahead, Tanya. Um, real quick, if I can, I want to read um, a little section of teaching in my study Bible. It's, it's called Cultivating Dynamic Devotion. It says, in the New Testament, Jesus prevents devotion as a, presents devotion as a matter of the heart. He contrasts sincere, heartfelt devotion with the external, hypocritical, pretentious practices of piety among the Pharisees. He warns his disciples against allowing even genuine good works to distract from wholehearted devotion to him. Devotion is a matter of developing an intimate relationship with the living God, learning the warmth of life that draws near to his father heart. Um, well, that's heavy. Yeah. So, that's good. you know, it, it, we have to learn to develop a personal relationship with him because you don't you know we a lot of times and I see I see a lot of this and I even have family members that do this and and friends that do this and it'll be um 
calling on on people to pray for them publicly, whether it's Facebook or whether it's a group text message or whatever, and that's not bad. But if that is the only time that you are seeking God, then there's a heart problem there. There's a, a priority problem. When we are only seeking God when we need things and when we're in crisis mode or when we are um, desperate for a move from God, maybe even even when we just feel like we're, we've kind of hit a plateau, if that's the only time we're seeking God, well, that's the reason you've hit a plateau. That's the reason you're in crisis mode. That's the reason you are desperate because you have no relationship with God. And I can say that because I've been there. I've walked down that path. I've, I've not made it priority. <clears throat> Excuse me. And my life is a complete 180 from where it was when I didn't make it a priority. You were a believer. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I sat on the, the stuff Exactly. I sat in these chairs. I worshiped, but I had no relationship with him because I didn't make him priority during my between Sundays. Because life is lived between the Sundays. Yes, it is. But if you think you can leave the Sundays out and do life at the highest level, you can. You can't do that either. I don't want to leave it. I don't want to leave anything out that God wants me to put in. Amen. Yeah. Now, now think about this. Not if, but when you pray. Mm-hmm. Not all we can do is pray. That's a religious phrase. Right. You know, we, all we can do is pray. But if we really prayed, we wouldn't say that. Yep. And that's that's all of us praying together. I know that I know that was very much a southern gouge, but I am a southerner and I'm one of us, so I can gouge us. Learning to pray, notice that word. Learning to pray is exceedingly important to the child of God. Many people, I believe, don't pray because they don't believe anything's gonna happen. I mean, it's gotta be the case. They won't admit that because it's gonna make them look bad. But some people, I don't pray. It's, I mean, I mean, I believe you can get any, you can get some people to anything before you can get them to a prayer meeting, and that's a sad thing, because there's nothing that God can't fix, and there's a whole lot that we can't fix. Mm-hmm. It takes guts to admit there's some things you can't fix. That's not an absence of faith. Yeah. That's just the presence of honesty. But many people don't pray because they don't believe anything will happen. Mm-hmm. Is there something you want to share? Well, I was just on this next point. <clears throat> Others pray because they feel like they could never really pray an effective prayer that would change their situation. And that really hits home for me because a lot of the reason that I didn't make prayer a priority between the Sundays was because I didn't feel qualified. I didn't feel like I had anything to say that he wanted to hear. I didn't feel like I knew what to pray. And it, you know, it wasn't until I realized that, you know, prayer doesn't have to be a folded hands, dear gracious heavenly father kind of thing. Like some of my most intimate prayer times are when I just, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what am I doing wrong? What am I, you know, how can I be better? Why are my kids acting like hellions? Or, <laughs> and you know, why does it seem like every time I turn around, I'm hitting a roadblock? And those are the times when I was ready to get vulnerable with God and say, you know, I'm done doing it my way, you know, and just had an honest conversation with Him. Those were the times that I heard from God the most. And just because you don't, <clears throat> you don't feel like you hear from God every time you pray doesn't mean that he's not there, that he's not listening. It just may mean that it's not time for you to hear from him yet because we all know that God's got his own timing. I was spending some time actually just a couple days ago with a young man that I speak into his life and have for many years. And he started talking to me about a situation relative to someone, and he's in ministry, that he committed suicide. And it was a person who was a believer and talked a great amount about how much that they loved God. But they were struggling with depression. And this person went to the emergency room just recently and said, I'm afraid that I'm going to hurt myself. I need some help. 
reaching out desperately. Well, they talked to him a little bit, and they sent him home. And before you make too much of a judgment on that, I don't know all the variables there. And I do know that nobody, nobody can put the pressure on a person to be the person that stays on top of you to keep you from doing the wrong thing. And he goes to talking to me more and more about this. And the reality is, there are, folks, I want us to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and you're not going to be without prayer. You're not, you will not be sensitive to the voice of God if you don't have a prayer life. I want to be able, I wish I could hear God's voice. It begins with a prayer life. And so my friend was talking to me about these things. I'm just listening. I'm just listening. I'm just listening. He's just sharing some things and how he tried to minister to the family and saying a bunch of things. And I didn't say a word. I just kept listening. I just kept listening. And finally he said, what do you think? And see, when you pray, to God. You don't do all the talking. Learning to pray is not just about us doing all the talking. But when we need to talk, we need to talk. And you need to not only bring God your crisis, but you need to bring God all of you. Because you're always going to have, well, strike that. You're going to face different moments of crisis. But crisis praying is not Spiritual developmental praying. I mean, it's amazing. Atheists change their mind and all hell breaks loose. I mean, you think the airplane's going down. Let's cry out to Jesus. Or a tornado's coming straight for your house. Or, a, you know, or a, or a tsunami or something. But crisis, and thank God we can call on the Lord in the moments of crisis. But that's not relationship development. development. And he, he stopped and said, what do you think? And I shared with him some things, and I just felt him soaking it up. And God wants to listen to us. And that's the reason why we don't need to act like somebody else when we come to God. Because he knows you. And we don't need to act like somebody else because we don't think we impress him enough. Let me tell you something. You can please God, but I doubt you can impress him. You can make him smile. You can, you can honor him. But I doubt you can impress him. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Lord just touched me. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, great faith does get my attention. Mm -hmm. But you ain't going to have great faith if you don't have at least a desire to pray. Absolutely. Now, two sinners in desperation cried out to God. How much greater can our faith be walking with God mm -hmm. and developing a prayer life Oh, I don't want to get sidetracked, but this is so. This is not really sidetracked. It's no. all inclusive. Go to the next point about. But can I? Can I tell you what? Let me say it because you you nudge this, okay. but I want, then I want you to pick up from beyond there. Okay. She said it a moment ago, but I want to reiterate: prayer is not intended to be mainly crisis management, desperation, and emergency situations. It's actually how we learn to get to know God. Valuable time spent. And if you've got time to do everything else, but you ain't got time to pray, why should we feel bad? Because you've got time to hurt. I was actually just going to say something about that. If you're waiting or your excuse is that you don't have time in your day, then you need to examine your heart. Because I learned a long time ago, I'm the mom of three boys, three very active boys, whether it's boxing, baseball. Well, yeah, four with Josh, yeah. He's not in here. I can say that. <laughs> but um, you, I'm, I'm about one of the busiest moms that I know. And, and it's not a, a, tip in, a tip of a hat to me. It's just I've always said I would not keep my boys from doing what they wanted to do, whether that's baseball, boxing. I mean, we've, we've been nonstop for a long time, and we've, we love that life. But what I realized is when baseball – and I've been there, y'all, so if I'm, if I'm stepping on toes, it's only because I love you. When baseball became more important than him, and that means when it became more important than becoming, being in this house, when it became more important than my quiet time, when it became more important than my relationship with God overall, then I had to do some hard examining because things were falling apart all around me. 
And I'm telling you, and we'll, we'll discover later in this chapter, when you put him first, everything else will line up. This is her favorite chapter in the Bible. It's my favorite. I love this Matthew chapter. Matthew chapter 6. <laughs> um, but one thing I wanted to say is I want y'all to think about it as, you know, a relationship with your best friend. Think about it like that. If I went without talking to Josh or my best girlfriend, we wouldn't have much of a relationship. We wouldn't know anything about each other. How can you expect to have a relationship with God if you do not spend time with him? If you do not invest in that relationship, you won't have a relationship. And they might think, well, y'all sure are giving us no wiggle room. But Jesus didn't give any wiggle room. Right. Listen to verse 5. Right. How many of you don't need no unnecessary wiggle room, right? right. Verse 5, verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Mm -hmm. So, notice, verse 5 will show us the not-tos that lead to the how-tos. Right. And next week's lesson is going to be more about the pattern of prayer that Jesus laid out for the hungry disciples. We'll get into that next week. And we'll learn some key components to effectively praying. But this week, we've got to grasp the pattern that pleases God and yields access to Him. And Jesus started out by saying, this is how I don't want it to happen. He said, you shall not be like the hypocrites. He didn't say it's an option. He said, I'm not going to accept that. You shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues, and on the street corners, so in the church and in the world, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Right. And, you know, one of the things that comes to my mind so vividly when I read these scriptures is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And, uh, and that's in Luke 18, 9 through 14. So, if you haven't read it, go back and read it. We did a parables series in Click, and one of the videos showed a modern-day uh, rendition of this parable, and it was this, you know, guy decked out in a suit, and he's standing in the middle of the church, and he's like, oh, God, you've seen all the offerings I've brought you and all these things I've done for you and all these good works and bless me, Lord, you know, and all these things. And then you see this guy come in the church, and you can just tell he has been through hell on earth. And he hits his knees, and he's like, I, I don't know what to do, God. I'm at the end of my rope. Help me. And the word says that he hears the prayer of the tax collector over the Pharisee. Why? Because it's genuine. Because God doesn't, the word says that Jesus was a friend of sinners. The word shows it multiple times. So regardless of whether you feel worthy or not, because that's what I dealt with a lot was, you know, I don't feel worthy to have a conversation with him. What can I offer? But sometimes he just wants to hear about your day. Yeah, he knows, yeah, he knows how it went, but he wants to hear about it. He wants to hear about the things that are going good in your life, not just about the things that are going bad in your life. You know, the Pharisees didn't begin as hypocrites. Right. Nobody intentionally starts out as a hypocrite unless they have brain damage. Mm -hmm. I'm serious. I don't mean that facetiously. No one would just, I'm going to be a hypocrite. That's not what people want to be. But they became hypocrites. Right. And a hypocrite is someone who professes to be something that they are not. Yep. That go through the motions of being something, but the genuine substance of it is not there. Hypocrites have wrong motives. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus addresses it. Got to get your motives right because motive has so much to do with everything. And, and I think verse 5 really lays it out there. And I mean, Jesus is just bringing it. Yeah. He's bringing it. Uh, real prayer is not to be seen of men, but of God. Right. Now, that, that, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing for your kids to see you praying. Mm -hmm. But if you're praying going, 
That ain't no count. Right. And if it's because you have a neck problem, then that's okay. <laughs> but it's, I'm serious. I'm serious. You, we can't slit God over, so why would, people need to know that. I mean, and none of us are so smart. And Jesus, is, Jesus was addressing this to a group of people that were this way. Right. He was addressing some, I don't ever want you to go this way because you watched a bad example. And to some, you are a bad example and this is who you are. And here's your chance to change. And you know what? This mindset of everybody, everybody knows they're sinners and nobody has to tell them. There's a truth to that, but the other side of that is if nobody ever confronts you about your sin, you may never change. Right. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's teach, Tanya. <laughs> I feel like breaking one loose. Thing, in the... One thing I want to say yeah. there, you said it, motive is everything. But I also want to say this. If you have to have somebody to motivate you to want to pray, then spend a little more time in the Word. Talk spend a that. little more time just soaking in some in some praise and worship music. And I promise you, the more that you're in this word, the more key is the more you're in this word. Mm -hmm. But when you couple that with some worship music, you, you'll just flow naturally into it. You won't need to be motivated. You'll want to. And that's, that's the whole key is getting to a place where you want to spend time with him. Not that you feel like you have to, but that you want to. It's a get to. Just like Pastor says that giving's not a have to, it's a get to. Well, this it's the same way with prayer. Absolutely. And your quiet time with him. It is a get to. I get to spend time with God. And I can promise you, if I don't start my day out like that, I can tell. By lunchtime, I'm ready to pull my hair out. <laughs> you need your hair. Trust me, you need yeah. your hair. Oh, you will that. see people in life that are showy. You will. Yeah. But now, not everybody who prays loudly and publicly is showy. But right. you will see some. One thing you need to do is not be everybody's judge. Yes. But you do need to learn that this won't be who I am. Mm -hmm. See, this is not so you can say, oh, I can tell the difference in a hypocrite and a real thing. No, right. it's so you won't be a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. And you will exactly. be the real thing. Right. <laughs> yes. Holy Ghost don't need a Holy Ghost Junior. Right. Nor, does, nor does Jesus, nor, nor does Jesus. Newsflash, he doesn't need help doing his job. Ooh, he's got this issue, he thinks he's God, right? Yeah. And he is. So it is foolish to, to do that, to try to be showy uh, so that others notice. Prayer must not be treated this way. The Lord pays, according to what this verse says, no attention to that form of prey because it is only a form. And he doesn't want a form. Right. He wants genuine you. Yep. But it's not just about praying anything random. It's about praying from your heart. And it's also about learning how to pray better. And if you'll read the Bible, you'll learn how to pray better. And if you'll get full of the Holy Ghost, yes. you will be gifted and learn how to pray better. So you can be a Bible reader and you can be full of the Holy Ghost if you want to be because mm -hmm. these are opportunities and right. gifts available for us. Right. So prayer to be only seen by the church and the world is totally misguided. The only reward you get, according to what Jesus said, and I want you to get ready to touch point five, Tanya, okay. but the only reward you get in this is flattering yourself or flattering one's self. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely no benefit from it. Right. No benefit from it. It's a waste of time. Jesus said they have their reward. Mm -hmm. What did he mean? They got noticed by people, yeah. but I didn't listen yeah. because I knew it wasn't real. Yeah. But here's the thing. All you got to do is be real. Mm -hmm. Fake will never cut it with God. Yeah. And there's, some, there's, there's a lot of church fakes, y'all. There's a lot of church fakes. Mm -hmm. And a lot, some people are church fakes because church fakes taught them to fake. But if you didn't like faking in the world, and if you don't want to be in a relationship with somebody fakes like they care about you, mm -hmm. nor does God. He, he just wants you 
to yield to him and give place to him. Let's, yeah. ah, we you know, the, the saying, fake it till you make it, you might can fake out each other, and you might even be real hard to do, but you might even get by faking him. It's gonna oh, be hard. It's gonna be hard to do. But, I've been faked out. but one person out. you will never <laughs> fake is God because no. He knows what you don't even know. So, <laughs> um, point five is it is not wrong to be seen praying. It's actually good, especially with your family, but never to seem like an actor. And I want to say this and add on to that. There is a place for corporate prayer. We do it every week. But your prayer life, your quiet time cannot be lived through someone else. And that's why he, when he gets up here on Wednesday nights and he leads prayer, that's why he's trying to stir you up and stir me up because he, doesn't, he can't live our prayer life through him. He wants us to have our own personal prayer life. So when he feels like we're not getting stirred up and we're not joining in with prayer, or when we're too distracted by this, that, or the other, that's why. Because he cares. And can it I ha- just say something? Yeah. You know, when we're praying, it ain't time for hugging. It ain't time for fellowshipping. Right. It's time to be praying. Yeah. I'm not rebuking you, but if I am your father, let me talk to you. Right. It's time to pray. I mean, because if we're talking to God, then why would we get distracted with one another? We got time to love on each other when we're in, in a little bit. But this is very important. Sometimes that's just the way. No, you can't be that touchy. Because mm-hmm. it's it's that it's that touchiness that's a major part of your problem. Right. I'm telling you, man. I, I'm so I'm so grateful that I that I learned mm-hmm. that there's some things I can do for me that nobody else can do for me. Yeah. And if I'm depending on them to do it, it will never happen. Right. But the good news is you ain't got to depend on people for that. Exactly. And if you're strong in praying alone, then that's a game changer. Yeah. Keep on. You're doing great. And, you know, the other thing I would say to that is, um, you know, if you're, if you're finding it hard. Well, okay, let me go back to being seen praying before I get too off subject. But when you're, it is good for you to pray in front of your children. I think you should pray in front of your children. Now, you shouldn't do it just to be seen, but your kids need to see you pray. They need to know that you have a prayer life. My kids, for a long time, didn't get to see that because it wasn't priority in my life. But, and I'm not going to cry, but when I decided to surrender and really realize that I was done talking the talk and not walking the walk fully. Because it doesn't matter if you're halfway walking the walk. If you're not fully walking the walk, you're not walking the walk. I mean, that's just, that's just I mean, it's, it's reality. You're not. Pastor talked earlier about lukewarm. I don't want to be that person, and I was that person. And it wasn't until I got completely sold out and realized that nothing was going to change in my family until I did some change in myself and until my kids saw me change. So your kids should see you pray. Your kids should see you and your spouse pray. They should see you read your word. I have, I have, your spouse should see that. I have mentioned on the podcast multiple times about what it has done to me and how it has just just blown my mind how many times I've walked in the door and seen my husband, who I never thought I would see this, because he hates to read. He, 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 just, he doesn't like to read. He's not good at it. But walk in the door... And him have his notebook on one side and his Bible open on the other. Y'all, that is, you want to talk about, you want to talk about an attractive man? Let me, let me walk in that door and see him with his word open. I'm just being honest. (laughs) There's nothing more attractive than a man who is pursuing God. Nothing. 
And the confidence that that puts in me and the drive that that puts in me to match that and to, he just brings me up higher when I see stuff like that. And the same will flow into your kids. And when you first saw that and felt that way, he didn't realize oh, what you see. He had no idea. He, he just, had, he had he no idea. He's just going after God. Yeah. Yeah. When God got a hold of him, he, he couldn't help it. He just, it was pursue, 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 and it still is. And, you know, I was not in a place where, you know, I was there yet. But when I got there, a lot of it was because of him living it out in and front of me. you know what, me. Tanya? God's always trying to do this. And we do this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's the only way you won't get his embrace. Yeah. You're doing this, and he's constantly. Mm -hmm. but, but the game, the day the real change began is when he did this. Yep. And you rugged back. Yeah. We embrace. That's what relationship does. Yeah. It doesn't treat like God like he's some old man with a long beard up in heaven. You know, yeah. it, it treats him like our father. Yes. Who he really is. Yes. Oh, now listen. Because we want to give a few moments for it interaction and, and whatever you might desire to mention but verse verse 6 pointed out a picture of personal private time alone with the Lord he talked about well let me just read it real quick but you when you pray not if you pray but it's when you pray Jesus is so redundant in verses 5 through 8 when he keeps saying things over and over and over again he's trying to drive a strong point across into our lives so this is a picture of personal private time with the Lord. He says, when you pray, you shall not be like, excuse me, that's verse 6. When you pray, go into your room. Get alone, in other words. And when you have shut your door, in other words, block out everything else, and it's focus time. Pray to your Father who is in the secret place. A place that is a special alone place with you and Him. And your Father who sees in secret. He will look in the secret place when he will not look in the public performance place. Mm -hmm. mm. We'll reward you openly. Now listen, get along with God. I know you may be afraid. You may be such a people person, you're afraid to get alone, period. But until you're comfortable alone, you're really not going to be satisfied in public. That's true. Do the deer thing. Raise your ear around, little deer. Boy, they, they think they hear something. I hope you think you heard something then. Get along with God. Appreciate the value of what it is to be with just you and Him. Approach the Father in Jesus' name. Because John's Gospel teaches us, Jesus said, come to the Father in my name. Use my name to access the Father. Father listens in the secret place. That secret place could be when you're alone with Him in your vehicle. That secret place could be that walk down the road. That secret place can be literally, I know some people who pray in their closet. I mean the wall room, the wall room woman. In the, in the, what was the name? War room was the name of the movie, wasn't it? The name of the movie. Wall room woman. I'm telling you, uh, one of my friends, he goes walking in the woods when he prays. And uh, a lot of times my exercise time is some of my most powerful prayer time. But I've got a number of secret places. That's the choice I've made. Reward comes through focused prayer. Because he says, um, following this detail. Jesus didn't just throw these out there for suggestions. Mm -hmm. This is direction. Yeah. And so reward comes through focused, following through what he says, focused prayer. And secret prayer between you and the Lord bring open reward. I want to interject right there where he said yes, reward will. comes through focused prayer. I don't know, you know, I'm a mom, so my mind's going 90 to nothing all the time. So for me to sit down and focus and not think about a hundred other things is difficult. But I have found, and I, I hope this helps somebody, but I have found that if I will turn on, and YouTube has got a ton of them, just some be still, quiet time with God and no lyrics because I'm, I love to sing and I love to worship, so I'm bad about getting off track praying and singing the song. So totally instrumental. And if you will just 
you have to be intentional about focusing that prayer because, like I said, I mean, I, I could think about a thousand other things instead of what I need to be doing right then. So whatever you've got to do to tuck yourself away, do it. Do it. Verse 7, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the heathen are not trying to be showy. They think that's what it takes. Right. That's right. Lost people are not hypocrites. Lost people are what they are. Yes. Heathens are what they are. Hypocrites are the people who claim stuff. Yeah. That ain't walking it. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Now, don't get stuck in faithless repetitions. Anything you want to jump in here? No, just you jump. Go ahead. Don't get stuck in faithless repetitions. Just, to, just saying stuff to hear yourself mm -hmm. talk. Yeah. Not only does that cause people not to want to be around you, you'll even get on your own nerves like that. <laughs> but faithless repetitions, it's just, you know, God think if we could, if we would stop and ask God why do you think, it's, I wish you'd just shut up a minute. And let me talk to you because I don't want you just, you, you don't have to talk me into things. You don't have to say it, say it to you finally. I think sometimes as much as right confession and speaking the word is so powerful, I think sometimes we say things over and over and over and over again so we can get ourselves to believe it. Yeah. And I would encourage you if, when, if, if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you that when you get to a point where you just don't feel like you have anything else to pray, pray in the Spirit. Because I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes I start my prayer that way. I often do. Because mm. I, I don't want it to be about what's going on in my head. Because a lot of times when we pray, we pray selfish things. And I don't mm. want to start out my prayer time like that. Mm. So a lot of times I pray in the Spirit. And sometimes I get going and I don't pray in anything but the Spirit. Amen. So. You know what? I, you know, I don't want to go into prayer mad and pray mad. Oh, mm -mm. Something can frustrate you and you can just... Because I'm not talking to them, I'm talking to God. Yeah, right. I mean, something... We ought to be angry about things we need to be angry about. And there's a time to, to war in prayer. Mm -hmm. But all prayer is warring. Right. It's warring against the, the, the opposition by getting connected with God. Mm -hmm. And so when we when we do if we in our prayer when we do address the devil it's to bind him, yes, and drop our foot on his head and remind him where he belongs. And so, verse eight. Therefore, do not be like them, talking about the world, because he's wow, where Jesus covers ground. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody like Jesus, but I want to be more like him, don't you? Yes. Therefore, do not be like them, that world. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. He's going to prove that to us more in this chapter, isn't yes, he, Tanya? He is. Before you ask Him, in this manner, therefore you ought to pray. And we'll get into that next week. But don't be like them. Jesus is being redundant in these verses. And I said it a few moments ago for the purpose of emphasis. Anytime you see the Word, go over and over and over and over. Don't blow that off. Right. Matter of fact, draw on that more than you do the part you like that you only heard once. Because what he's saying over and over is a key to making sure that the stuff that you like sticks. He didn't forget that he already wrote it and just wrote it again. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's repeated for a reason. So That's good. Your father knows what you need. Everyone say, I'm glad. I'm glad. Don't get stuck in begging. I heard R.W. Sham about years ago. A woman was at the altar in the front of his tent platform said, Please, Jesus, please, Jesus, please, Jesus. And he said it. I thought, bless her heart. She's in such, she wants help, but she's in such unbelief. She's acting like a beggar. And she's not called to be a beggar. And I said, come here, sweetheart, come here. I said, would you please trade that, please, Jesus. And to thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because thanksgiving gives place to a different way of thinking. Mm -hmm. 
that can receive from God. Unthankful people are powdered out or do without us. I had a, a very, very, mm. very special person in my life one time told me this. He said, you asked for it already. Stop asking for it. Now thank him for it. Mm. Act on faith and believe that he's going to do what you've asked him for. Don't get stuck in begging. Unbelief begs, faith shouts. Yes. Smith Wigglesworth yeah. said that years ago. A guy who might not have been considered, considered a real intellectual mind, but he had a walk with God and he had a relationship with God. Unbelief begs, faith shouts. Everybody say, unbelief begs, unbelief begs. but faith shouts. faith shouts. Say it again, unbelief begs, unbelief but, begs. Faith shouts. but faith shouts. Now we know why does faith shout? Because faith believes it yes. shall receive. Yes. Amen? Yes. So unbelief thinks I must perform. Mm -hmm. Come on. Faith says I must be true to God and to myself. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to share? No, I'm good. So that's a good way for our part to end. And I know it's 10 minutes after, but we've got about four minutes. And we're stretching things a little bit. Has anybody got a question? Anybody got any input? Anybody, you're not clear on something? And you'd love to you'd love to share something, please do. That's relative to what we're talking about. We're not talking about the four horsemen of the apocalypse at this point. So, but if it's relative to this class, I gotta cover gotta cover my bases because I believe God's trying to speak something specific to us about the Jesus pattern. And Jesus is protecting us from being hypocritical and worldly so that we can receive from the Lord and we can give ourselves fully to God. Anybody got a you're good, wanna, Tanya. They I'm, don't even have a question. You're just, I, I'm so clear, aren't I? G-double-O-D. I want to share, just for the, for the benefit of those who weren't in prayer, um, one of my best friends, we've literally been best friends for 20-plus years. Um, our husbands were in basic at the same time, so we became very close, and over the years, they moved away. Anyway, long story short, we've been the best of friends for 20 plus years. She called me a few, well, several weeks ago and her mom had been diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. And she told me, she said, Tanya, it's not that I don't believe he can do it. He said, I believe, she said, I believe he can do it. I believe that he can heal her completely. He, she said, one thing I'm afraid of is that his idea of complete healing is not my idea of complete healing. And I told her, I told her, I said, I'm not going to lie to you. That may very well be the case. But while she's here on this earth, we're going to believe for complete physical healing here on this earth. And we're not going to back down from it. And we had a praise report today during prayer that her levels have come down in an astronomical, unheard of hey, amount. Unheard of. So if you think, you know, one of the points was that, you know, we didn't, some people feel like they don't have a prayer powerful enough to make a difference. Every prayer matters. Every one, prayer. One, when Larry Raglan was here the last time, I think it was during camp meeting last year, mm -hmm. I was standing right yeah. here. She's probably in this room. Standing right here. And Mallory walked over beside me and laid her hand on me and started praying for me. That probably took courage. Because people don't just come up to preachers and pray for them. And anybody who, who came out of a heart like that, mm -hmm. I welcome it. Yeah. If I spend my life praying, you are back there. <laughs> Don't you let your head get big. I'll pinch a plug out of you. But I love you. But it's so blessed me because, I mean, I, I was standing there weeping because I was listening to her prayer. Mm -hmm. And she had no idea that I even noticed. And Larry was speaking a powerful word of prayer over me. But I got caught up in listening to her prayer. And the things she was praying is what I needed. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. Stand up, everybody. How many of you believe this is good? This is good. This is good. I love Jesus. Now, next week, we're going to get into 
the how-tos. We're going to get into the, what we call the Lord's Prayer. Really, it's the disciples' prayer. It's the Lord teaching the disciples how to pray. And the church thinks they understand this. But I'm telling you, most Christians don't get to break down. But because they don't pray. Don't tell me what you believe if you're not practicing it or chasing it. But it's powerful. And it's, it, you, know, you, can pray, you can pray that prayer in less than a minute. Or you can pray that prayer for hours. It's awesome. It's going to be good next week. We love you. Tanya, would you just speak a, a word of a prayer over the people, and then I'm going to speak the blessing and turn them loose. Father, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for what you've spoken to us through your word. God, I thank you that you cared enough to put these things in your word to encourage us, to instruct us, and to help us to, to, to live the way that you would have us live. God, I pray that if, if nothing else happens tonight, God, that we would all go home with a fresh and a clear and a, a, a new outlook on our prayer life, our quiet time, and God, that we would prioritize it. God, check our hearts. And if we, if we at any moment put anything above you, God, I pray that you would just immediately quicken our spirits to make that change and make that shift and adjustment in our priorities, God. Thank you so much for always being present and always, always giving us a guide to follow. We love you, Jesus, and we honor you in this place. Give us safety as we travel home and help us to have an incredible rest of our week in Jesus. Well, thank you guys for joining us on another episode of After Amen. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at After Amen Podcast. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and we even have episodes on Facebook. And if you would, uh, just like, subscribe, and share. And you can email us at afteramenpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, just give us some praise reports and any questions, topics you'd like to have discussed. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.